Attention everyone, the unpleasant truths you're about to hear are not a mistake. The realest show on the planet. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect management or its sponsors. This is Willie D Live with your host, Willie D. Welcome to Willie D Live. I'm about to go in. I'm about to go all the way in. One of my best friends in the whole world. And Bishop Ronald Bernard Hopes of Inner Peace Community Cathedral Church. In fact, it's Inner Peace. Did I say it right? Cathedral. Inner Peace Cathedral, Cathedral Community Church. Yes. How did I get that wrong, man? Anyway, <laughs> you can tell I don't go to church. But uh, anyway, uh, man, good, man, I'm, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Man. Hey, man, it's a pleasure to be here. I thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, man. Boy, I tell you what, man, I say, when they say God is good, God is good. Amen. God has brought us a long way. Yes, sir. Yes, well, they sir. Thought, they thought we was going to be out of here, didn't they, man? Look, we both lived to see 50, and they counted us out 25 years ago. 30, 30, 30. Yeah, Could have been. You trying to cheat, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, man, let's, let, let's get right into it, man. How you feel, man? How you feel? Man, I'm feeling pretty good uh, physically. Um, Mentally, I'm I'm pretty sharp, uh, feeling pretty good. But spiritually, you know, I'm I'm a bit aggravated. Right. Yes, sir. A bit aggravated. Right, you got a lot going on in the church these days, man. Too much going on in the church, and um, uh, it's putting a damper uh, on the spirit uh, within the church. Right. Right. What do you think about? You know, one of the things that uh, you know I hear a lot. I don't know if you hear it like I hear it, but a lot of uh, people talk about how the church is not respected like it used to be respected. Uh, it's a lot going on. With, it seems like the church is overreaching and trying to get membership. And it's like the bar has been lowered to be, to, to, to you know, I know the church say come as you are and all that kind of stuff. Right. But. I've always thought that, like, you preach a certain way for the people that haven't been delivered yet, haven't been saved yet, because you're trying to bring them in. So, you know, you can you can you can kind of bring them in with kids' gloves. Mm-hmm. But when, once once you got a, when you got a member in, of the church, you don't handle the member of the church like you handle somebody who don't know that person that's lost. The person that's a member of the church, I thought was supposed to be held to an even higher standard. Just like the pastor is, that pastor, that person that's supposed to be saved, that's supposed to know, mm-hmm. supposed to be held at a much higher standard. And so when you hear these people, when you hear people say, well, you know, you, you, you know you're, you're not supposed to talk to people like that, you know, in the church, right. you know, meaning direct, being, being direct and, and affirmative. I mean, what do you say to that? You know, a lot of people in the church, they don't want to be held accountable. So you have babes coming in, and for those what we call mature Christians, Mm -hmm. um, they don't know how to handle the babes. And the reason being is because a lot of people have lost eye, uh, lost concept on what the church was there for. The church is there for a soul-saving ministry. It's not here to be a a business-slash-ink type thing, and this is the direction the church is going in. So when you have people coming in um, who's been in the church— 
you would expect for them to be held at a uh, accountability bar, but yet they're the ones who are lowering the standards. So when you find people who are lowering standards in the church, let me use this for instance. Um, here's what I love to tell the church. Everybody want to be grown, but don't nobody want to grow up. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because growing up, you go through growing pains. Everybody want to tell somebody something, but don't nobody want to live by what they're telling that next person. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? So, right. so it hurts the church any way you look at it. Uh, uh, um, from the leadership, from the angels of the house, all the way down to the parking lot attendants. You know, you, you're, you're finding corruption in the church. And like you say, we're, we're reaching. Uh, the church is now trying to reach the community, but they're reaching it in the wrong way. You know, right. They're allowing everything in the church. And the church should be set apart from the world right. so that we can show some type of standards. I mean, church is having everything now but an open bar. Huh. Speaking of an open bar, <laughs> I heard that there was this church out there for Christians. I mean, uh, not church for Christians, but a nightclub for, tr- for Christians. Man, did, have you, did you hear about that? I've heard about it, man. I've heard <laughs> about it. They're having nightclubs now, um, uh, opening up for Christians. And, and, but here's the part that get me. What do you have to have? A, a Christian card or something to get in there? Because if not, then anybody's welcome, right? Mm-hmm. See, and that's what I'm saying. They, they, it's... It's getting so um, misunderstood when it comes to uh, religion to where is that people are literally now taking the church as a joke. Right. Yeah, they're taking it as a joke. I think it is a joke when you have people inside the church uh, doing the boogaloo. And, uh, you know, this ain't somebody's saved. You know, this is somebody clowning. You know, all this stuff, falling down, <laughs> dropping, getting back up, taking the wig off, uh-uh, you know what I'm saying, doing the Michael Jackson. You know, like, I mean, like, you can just get online right now. Anybody watching this, just get online right now and just Google yeah. church madness. Google church buffoonery. Google clowning in church. And you will see all kind of strange things going on. Man, I've, I've seen them do the electric slide in church. Um, uh, I've seen them do some of everything that the world is doing. Uh, I, I've even seen one uh, preacher on Facebook at one point whipping and nay-naying in church, you know, right. doing a sermon. And okay. I'm like, okay. Okay, okay so, so speaking of that, what do you say to the people that say, well, you got to reach people where they are you, if you if you want to get the secular people this is what they like you want to get the youngsters you got to be able to relate so you got to do the nay-nay and you got to let them do the nay-nay see once again we are lowering our standards we are taking god out of the church and we're letting the world come in mm-hmm. um it is as if uh, if you have your own house and you don't drink or you don't smoke, just because you have company, you're going to let them come in and drink and smoke just to have them over to your house? Right. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it don't make no sense. Great analogy. You know, we, we, wow. we, 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 we're trying to reach the world, but we're going by the wrong way, using the wrong methods. You know, that, you know that, that reminds me of, that was a club in Houston that had like a 20-year run. Mm-hmm. Maxwell's. Remember Maxwell's? Right, right. Okay, so Maxwell's would not allow any guys to come in their club with tennis shoes on. Right. Girls either. You couldn't come in there with tennis shoes. And they had a successful run for like 20 years, and 
Uh, then they started getting some competition, and they panicked. Mm-hmm. As soon as the competition came, they panicked. And what happened was some of their people were leaving and going over to the competition. So in order to get them back, they said, well, let's let them in with some tennis sneakers on. You know, they, they fought it. They fought it tooth and nails. But eventually, they, they, they succumbed to the pressure. And right. they said, because everybody said, you got to let them in with tennis shoes. Got to let them in with tennis shoes. And finally, they started letting them in with tennis shoes. So once they started letting people in with tennis shoes, even though they were suffering, business started suffering, they were losing some business, they still were making good money. Mm-hmm. And they still had three, 400 people coming in there every Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. But you know, before the competition came, the heavy competition came, they were having like over 1,000, 1,500 people every Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then it dwindled down to you know, good three, 400 people, but you know, they still had a solid, faithful crowd. And the thing is, is that had they held on, they could have got their crowd back anyway because the other club kind of fell off. Yeah. And, and then people, and then people also was like got tired of the other club because it was kind of like uh, catering to the VIP thing and all that stuff. So when they changed their model, they had to close the doors. Eventually, they closed the doors. Right. See, the the church is now. Uh, because there's a church on every corner, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're trying, they're, they're allowing more carnality take place instead of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing. Uh, when I was getting my doctorate degree in theology, uh, I had to study the laws of the Bible. And the law of harmony works in a downward spiral. In other words, uh, God tells the angel of the house, which is the pastor. The pastor uh, tells the leaders and then the leaders share with the congregation. Mm-hmm. But because the congregation uh, is the majority, they feel like they can tell the leaders. And then the leaders, because they're more than the angel of the house of pastor, they want to tell him what they said. Now, where do the leader go? He can't go tell God nothing. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right. So in that same instance, if, if, they, if we can just hold on, to that uh, law of harmony everything god say filter down and we allow that and stand our ground mm-hmm. does not matter if if members leave the church or not they're going to come back here's the greatest scripture that uh, i love to share with people in the bible christ simply says well there's two or three gathered in my name there i should be in the midst so right. many preachers eisegete that text but to exegete the text he, he's simply saying this right here uh, where I am, there the church should be. Mm-hmm. You with me? So he simply says, I'm organizing a church with just two or three members, but everybody want to have a mega ministry, a mega church, in other words. Mm-hmm. See, I'd rather have a mega ministry than have a mega church. Whoa. Are you with me? Whoa. Because ministry is going to do what thus says the Lord, what God wants me to do. But if I just have a big church full of people, then we're not even an inch deep. We're a mile long, but we're not an inch deep. But I'd rather be an inch deep. I'd rather have a ministry because this is this was put in place for us to help people, not to hurt them. God simply says, feed my sheep. Don't fleece them. And a lot of churches right now is just running through people. Right. I know church is a revolving door and people come and go. Uh, but the Bible simply says that if you train up a child, 
in the way that he should go. And when he get older, he shall not depart. Not saying that he won't go out there and test the water. Yeah. You get me? But the day will come where he can simply say, you know what? I'm going back home. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, we're not giving them that, that solid feeding. Uh, you know, we're just trying to entertain them. We're not allowing them to have an encounter with God. So we're entertaining them. And you know how entertainment go. Uh, it's in this year and next year it's out. And if you didn't grasp or get what you needed during that entertaining moment, you're just out there. Mm. Why are church people being labeled hypocrites for condemning those who commit sins? Because this is a big thing going on now. The big thing today is you don't judge. Yeah. Don't judge. You can't judge. Oh, please don't judge. Who are you to judge? Uh, mind your own business as long as it's not hurting anybody. You know, you can do what you want to do. Uh, like, you know, what part of the game is that? Like, at what part of the game has, did that become acceptable in the church? Because, I mean, I, look, man, I'm of the world. I ain't yeah. no in front. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't no church dude, you know. I ain't no church dude, you know. I'm of the world. So, you know, I, it's that... That's supposed to be all right by me, you know. If, if you know, I ain't claiming to be a Christian or a religious person that's practicing a certain uh, discipline and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. I'm of the world, you know. <laughs> but so, but for me, you know, I, when I look at the people who are in church, if you want me to come into the church, I'm thinking you you need to be on a higher level than me spiritually, you know, like spiritually. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I ain't gonna even say spiritually because I am on a different level spiritually. But you need to be on a on a different level, at least morally. You right, know, like right, right, be right. on a level that I'm not on. Be on a level that I need to aspire to be on. Right, morally. Morally, right. Instead of like when I look at a lot of you know, I, I I look at a lot of things that's going on in the church, and I'm like, man. I'm not following. You look like a fool. I, I would look like a fool following this person or that person. Yeah. So. When you do have those church people that are following the rules and that are following the principles, because mm-hmm. everybody like you know one of the favorite things that pastors and everybody like to say, uh, look in your Bible, turn the turn the page, such and such such such. such. Mm-hmm. So, what part, what what part of the game is it that when you do tell somebody that they will be condemned for a particular sin? Mm-hmm. That you are called a hypocrite, and that is allowed to stand. Well, see, we 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 have a uh, a mass confusion between judging and telling the truth. Okay, are you with me? And it's all in the attitude. Um, you can share something with somebody and not judge them, but tell them the truth. So, when, and telling the truth is. Is that condemnation? Now, is kind of, first of all, is condemnation right? Should you condemn people? Or is that God's job? That's God's job. Okay, that's he, God's he's job. the only judge. Okay. He's the only judge. All right, that's God's job. Right, that's God's job. But I can't tell you the truth. Okay. Now, but why do they confuse the truth with condemnation? Why do Why do they say it's condemnation? Yeah. Well, you know, once again, you you, you have people who are and and I know I'm gonna be bashed for this, but who are unlearned. Okay. When it comes to the word of God. Okay. Are you with me? I, let me share this with you. I, I say this all the time that there's a difference between questioning God and asking God a question. 
You can okay. use the same words. You can use the same phrase, but it's all in the attitude. Okay. If I'm going through something, uh, listen to my attitude. I can say, God, why am I going through this? You with me? So I'm asking him a question. Okay. But if I'm going through something and I got a bad attitude, it's going to go a little something like this. God, why am I going through this? You know, like I'm trying to trying trying to chastise God. Okay. In that same instance, you know, we have a um, a problem in the church because we want to point the finger at people. Mm-hmm. And remember, whenever you point a finger at somebody, you got three more pointing back at you. Okay. So my morals now have to be in standard to what God says. I have to walk circumspectly before God before I can even tell somebody of the truth. Okay. You get what I mean? So that way I don't be a hypocrite. And on top of that, I will not be condemning them. Okay. Because it does not matter if if, uh, if you go to a person and simply say, well, that's not right. Morally, you're out of line. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. Versus going up to them and talking about you was wrong. You shouldn't have did this and you shouldn't have done it like that. Which one you think they're likely to receive? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. If I'm talking to them, right. they're going to receive it. But if I talk at them, okay. then they're going to look at me and say, you can't judge me. Right. <laughs> you get what I mean? Right. You know, and that, and that's, that's one of the problems in the church today. I mean, do, do, do pastors have a right to do whatever they want to in their private life? And that be totally separate from what they do in the pulpit. Uh, the reason why I'm asking you this question is because there was a pastor in Houston who was on the Isaiah Factor. I, for all you guys that don't know Isaiah Factor, Isaiah is like the top reporter in Houston. And he, uh, he did this uh, story on this pastor who... Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. With making sex tapes. <laughs> he was the pastor. The pastor was making sex tapes. Like and like yeah, yeah, you know, adult tapes, you know, like and I actually was online reading some of the comments and there was somebody sure enough on there saying, Well, you can't judge him. You judge not what does it say? Judge, judge not that ye not, may not be judged. Not mm-hmm. that ye may not be judged. Exactly. Yeah. And they were like, you know, that what he doing his private life, his personal life is his business. Yeah, yeah. See, once again, we're hold to a higher standard as a pastor. Uh, when I say walk circumspectly before the Lord, uh, I'm not a perfect man, but my morals have to always be in check. In other words, you don't lead a double life. Uh, uh, neither. See, a lot of pastors don't want to be transparent. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. In other words, they want to be uh, the dictator. Uh, they want to say, do as I say, but not as I do. Mm-hmm. If, if a pastor, and, and I'm not bashing any of them, I'm just telling the truth. Mm-hmm. If a pastor lifestyle privately uh, spills over into the public scene and his private lifestyle is demeaning, mm-hmm. you with me? then he have to be able to check himself and clean himself up. Uh, you know, go to God, repent, go to the congregation. But at no point as a pastor should you allow uh, your private life uh, to outweigh your spiritual life. Right. You with me? Because your private life, people are looking at you. And then what they do, when, they, when you get exposed, 
then they put every pastor in the same boat. You know, they'll say, oh, that's why I don't go to church. You know, they ain't right. They doing this and they doing that. No, that's situation specific. That person did it for themselves and they don't stand and speak for every other pastor, you know, across this nation. Because there are still some of us who are uh, committed to God. I tell people this all the time. I'm true to this. I'm not new to it. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? So if I'm true to it, I have some nevers. You know, and um, I think every pastor should establish some nevers in their private life. Can I give give one of them? Uh, um, um, I would never cheat on my wife. Okay. You with me? I would never be a child molester. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I would never, and and, and I know this is, these are my nevers. Okay. I would never be a homosexual. Okay. You get what I'm saying? And you hear some people say, uh, well, no, you can never say never. No, there are some nevers you can say, mm-hmm. you know, because I know for a fact uh, that these are some things that I would never do. Mm-hmm. I would rather uh, end my life than to be put in that position in doing any one of those. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Right. Well, man, let's talk about some of those when we come back. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to get right back at it with Bishop Ronald Hopes. You did. Right. I'm with you. Okay, Bishop, you opened it up. <laughs> you opened it up, man. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's talk about the homosexuality in the church. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it in the world. Yes. What does the Bible say? Let's give me this. Give me this as clear as possible. The homosexual movement is strong in America. Mm-hmm. They got the money. They got the power. They run the media, they run Hollywood, they run in the show. They're in the pulpits. Yes. They're in top positions in the church. Yes. If you go to almost any church, the choir director is going to be a homosexual. What does the Bible specifically say about homosexuality? Specifically, the Bible simply says that, uh, and you can find it in the book of Leviticus, um, it deals with that it is an abomination when a man sleeps with a man or when a woman sleeps with a woman. Uh, Because when we look at the word homosexuality, it includes uh, the lesbians, uh, the LBG community altogether. Mm -hmm. Now, the Bible does not tell us as, as people to hate them. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Uh, because we understand that demonic spirit that is operating on the inside of them. It's not the person that you address. It's the act of the person. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, y- you brought something up. Uh, when, when we look at the homosexuality in the church, uh, a young lady right now uh, is being... I mean, being slandered over the fact that she made a comment. Kim Barrea. Kim Barrea, exactly. Concerning uh, homosexuality in the church, mainly the pulpit. You with me? Mm -hmm. Uh, Her aggressiveness of calling out names, you know, was one thing, but she definitely told the truth concerning the word of God. Okay. 
We are promoting. So why is she being slandered if she told the truth? Well, you know. Ain't you, church people by truth? Yeah, well, that's what they say. You with me? Okay. Everybody want to be grown, but don't nobody want to grow up. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are certain things now that is becoming taboo in the church. They don't want to talk about it. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's mainly because, um, let's say, for instance, the, the choir director, the musician. Oh, they have the, the melodious voice. They singing so good. They sing so well. They are attracting people, uh, which means now the pastor is allowing them to operate in leadership in the church, which they shouldn't be. Now, ain't nothing wrong with them coming to church, but you shouldn't be putting them in leadership. Mm -hmm. And then you have some pastors who are um, gay in the pulpit and have made it known to congregations and it behooves me to see how these congregations are continuously growing. You get what I mean? Because they, you know, they want to say, oh, well, that's his personal life. And they separate his personal life from his spiritual life. Well, according to the word of God, it's an abomination. Well, yeah. well let, me, let me read this comment that uh, CNN made. Now, this is just a comment that CNN made, but a lot of uh, media outlets, large and small, Mm -hmm. been going in on Kim Burrell. This is what CNN said. Gospel superstar and pastor Kim Burrell is on the receiving end of a welcome backlash over a spiritually violent, disgusting sermon she delivered about the LGBT community. But while the response to her comments is welcome, the incident is about so much more than a message that sounded like it came directly from the Ku Klux Klan. Hmm. Now, again, so what part sounds like the Ku Klux Klan? Because I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't get it. Like, what? I mean, help me, help me decipher this, man. Like, what part of her message sounded like it came from the Ku Klux Klan? You know what? Because I, I, I watched that video. I mm -hmm. watched it a few times, and I heard exactly what she said. Mm -hmm. And and boy, I be looking for it. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it before I read this uh, column that CNN wrote, mm -hmm. and I didn't catch it after. You know what they're trying it. to say? Yeah, uh, the Ku the Ku Klux Klan was about segregation and hatred. And what they're trying okay. to say, that she's about segregation and hatred. Okay. But she clearly stated uh, that, no, we love them, but they are out of line. They're wrong. So, so let's make it clear. The Ku Klux Klan ain't never said we love black people. Never. But, but they're out of line. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, Okay, so Kim was supposed to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Of course, everybody knows Ellen is a lesbian. And mm -hmm. she has this big-time talk show that everybody clamors to get on. And knowing this, that she was supposed to have an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show, Kim still made the statements that she made and was unmoved about Apologize. I mean, she decided, I'm, you know, I said it. I stand by my words. I'm not apologizing. It's the truth. That's what mm -hmm. I'm standing by. 
this is what I, I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, where, at, at what point do people uh, in, the, in, the, in the church uh, stand up to something and say, this is who we are, period, as a church, and we're not allowing everything and anything to come into the church. We're going to stand on, on this ground right here. And no matter what y'all say, no matter how y'all come at us, we're going to stand firm. No matter what y'all say, we're going to stand firm. It just seems like to me, now, I could be wrong, but it seems like to me a whole lot of people who are, are bashing her because of her comments, and I think not just her for her comments, but a lot of times the people that agree with the, the, the whole you know, homosexual lifestyle, I really do believe that a lot of them agree out of fear. Mm -hmm. They fear they're going to lose their job. They're going to be outcast, ostracized. They fear that uh, they're, they're going to miss out on some kind of money or some type of opportunity. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact, not all people feel that way, mm -hmm. but it's like they're kind of going along, going along to get along. You know, the church... It's full of flickle people. Um, I say this all the time that there are three types of people in the church. There's the committed crowd, three different crowds. I call them the C crowds, the committed crowd, the chameleon crowd. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. And the curious crowd. Uh, the curious crowd is only there to see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? That um, chameleon crowd. They can be with you when you're standing on the word of God, which is what Kim was doing. She was standing on the word of God. They can be with you when you're standing on the word of God. And then when the winds shift, they'll be against you. Okay. You, you get what I'm saying? Right. A chameleon, whatever it attaches itself to, that's the color it turns. Okay. So when you're looking at it from the, from the spiritual aspect, whatever spirit uh, that chameleon is by, that's the spirit it will take on. Mm -hmm. Uh that committed crowd uh, is one of the most dangerous crowds because that, that committed crowd, some people are committed to standing on the word of God. Then there are some who is committed to fighting against the word of God. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Right. So what Kim was doing, she's standing on the word. She's only reciting. Remember this. She just recited. She don't write it. Okay. So she's reciting what she's reading. And that same thing that she's reading is in everybody's Bible. So they're reading the same thing she's reading. Mm -hmm. But because her conviction is firm on what she's reading, she's not allowing anything to waver her. Mm -hmm. But there are some people in the church that they can read it and they know it, but yet and still they won't stand on it. So, so they don't support her. Man, that sound like our country. That sound, <laughs> that sound like the people in our country who, you know, they believe in the Constitution and all this here kind of stuff. But man, they believe in freedom of speech. But the minute you say something they don't like, something they don't like, yeah, they coming to get you. They mm -hmm. want to come. They want to bring you down. They want to tear you down. Mm -hmm. Bite your head off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's predictable. Uh, when it comes to people in the church, mm -hmm. you can automatically know how it is going to go. 
uh, as a pastor, and I'm pretty sure I, Kim, if Kim Burrell was here, she'll stand and she'll say the same thing. I got to get Kim, I got to get you on the show. <laughs> you know, um, uh, it is predictable. Uh, you can pretty much know what, what God has given you to feed that house, how the, the reaction of the people, what their reaction would be before you even deliver that word. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I just believe she made that bold statement, uh, uh, that sermon, and and, and all in agreement with what God was telling her. And she already knew that she was going to get that backlash. What's your thoughts on this new wave of churches that's popping up where you have these homosexual male pastors and male first ladies? Yeah, yeah. See, once again, man, you know, this is the kind of stuff that um, uh, people flock to. Right. You know, remember I said people are flickle, you know. Uh, 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 but but here's, here's what I'm curious to find out. When will the real Christians stand up? Everybody has come out of the closet but the Christians. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right. I mean, uh, you know, homosexuality. Uh, it's flourishing now. It has came out. Uh, you have, uh, you know, we don't even have serial killers anymore because either they're going to tell somebody they, they fit to kill some people or right after they're going to tell somebody they didn't kill some people. You, you get what I mean? So now in the church, it seems as if uh, the Christians are still in the closet. We have that uh, closet religion. We have not came out. Why we have not came out? Because if we came out, then we would be standing up. Uh, uh, for what is right And when I say what's right The things that is in the Bible What God is saying But because we're just going along With what the world say not now <laughs> You know how I feel about Christianity So I gotta speak, mm-hmm. I gotta speak on that You know and You know We best friends Yes sir You believe in Christianity with everything in you I don't You mm-hmm. know Uh and I, but so how do you reach people who don't have any belief in Christianity, but still believe in God? They still have a spiritual connection to God, and they say, "But it ain't through Christianity," you know? Because some people are gonna listen, look, look at this, and they go, as soon as they hear Christianity, they, mm-hmm. they're already typing. They're already typing like going yeah. crazy right now. You know how do you reach how do you reach those people and try to bring those people into the fold? Is it possible? For those people, people like me, to, 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 to find, uh, you know, I guess religion without religion and, 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 and uh, what do you call it, um, uh, favor from God without being Christian? Well, you can, but, but here's what I want to definitely share with you and the listening audience. Christ never came to establish a religion. He came to restore the relationship between man and God. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Now, we cannot just take God and leave him out of the picture because God simply says uh, uh, over in John three sixteen, he simply says, for God so loved the world. You know what I'm saying? That he gave his only begotten son and whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But who said that that everlasting, who said that that? only begotten son name was Jesus Christ well he he said this at the time of Christ's baptism this is the only time that you will find in the Bible where uh, uh, 
the three, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Ghost, was there at the same time. You with me? The, for when Christ was being baptized, uh, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and God began to speak audibly. And the Spirit, uh, the Holy Ghost, in the form of a dove, came and descended on Jesus, signifying that this is the Son of God. And, and Christ and God was making it known verbally. You get what I mean? So this is where you find them. This is where you can literally uh, solidify that Jesus is the son of God. What do you say to people that say that any black person that's practicing Christianity in America is a fool because white people gave black people Christianity to pacify black people, to keep black people docile and weak uh, in order to control black people. When we first came to America, they gave us the Bible and they say, you know, it's an old saying, if somebody won't treat you right, they won't teach you right. So why would, why would slave owners, why would uh, an oppressive regimen give an enslaved uh, community something that will free them and, and, and take them out of bondage? With, like, if you really, really get into that Bible and really read that Bible, it seems like to me that you would, you, 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 you would, you would take the part that says an eye for an eye and go and get on the body there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 that's the part. I'm not going to turn the other cheek. Explain that to me. Explain the, the whole turn the other cheek part. Yeah. Once again, you know, before Christianity came about, uh, there was Judaism and there were legalism. Mm -hmm. Judaism, uh, which is the laws of the Bible, the Ten Commandments, these are the precepts in which we live by. The principles are biblical truths in the Bible. So what the uh, Israelites slash Jews did, they took the Ten Commandments and they added to them, which made the mitzvah law. Mm -hmm. So now you had 614 laws um, uh, uh, that they still couldn't live by them. You know, okay, if you just do this, do that, do that, you'll be right. Mm -hmm. So when Christ came along, Christ took that ten the original 10 of the Ten Commandments, and he simply says that, okay, it's hard for you to uh, live by this. I'm going to do division for you. I'm going to divide them for you and just give you two. The two was the first when he simply says, love the Lord thy God with all your mind, heart, and soul. Mm -hmm. That covers the first four of the Ten Commandments because they only deal with God. Right. Then he came back and said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That covers the next I mean, the second six, which deals with man. So he did away with Judaism so that he could establish Christianity. Now, when you asked about uh, turn the other cheek, mm -hmm. because once again, uh, we read the Bible anachronistically. You know, we read it according to our English version, according to what we know. Uh, but the Bible was written in four different languages. Uh, in the Old Testament, you will find uh, most of the Bible written in Hebrew some Aramaic. In the New Testament, you'll find it written in Greek, some Latin. Okay, so now when Christ was simply saying, uh, 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 if your neighbor slap you, you turn the other cheek, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Roman soldiers, remember this, they didn't do a front hand slap, they did a backhand slap. You know that old pimp slap. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when they slapped you... Totally disrespect. It's right. totally. When, when they yeah. slapped you with the backhand, right. that's simply saying that they're disrespecting you. Okay. Now Christ says you turn the other cheek. Are you with me? 
Because if you turn the other cheek, then they have to slap you with the front hand. But if they slap you with the front hand, what that means is that now they're disrespecting their selves. So they weren't going to do that. Now, here's the good news. Now, how, how are they disrespecting themselves by slapping you with a front hand? Because that was their custom. If they slap okay. you with an open hand from the okay. you know, frontwards, right. that means they're disrespecting themselves. Okay. So the Roman government, they weren't about to disrespect themselves. Okay. So that's why they would give you the backhand to disrespect right. you. Right. But here's the good news. Uh, that's, again, situation specific. Christ was talking to them. You get what I'm saying? Back then. Talking to who? Uh, uh, the Jews back then. Okay. You with me? Right. Because right now, and, and you know, and, you know, I pastor a church, amen, saved, sanctified, mm -hmm. and thank God I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody slap me, it's going to be on up in that camp. You get what right. I mean? Right. Yes, sir. Now, see, that's the yes, sir. Bottom line. See, that's the kind of, that's the kind of religion <laughs> I want. That's the kind of church I want, man. Because I, I can't get with this somebody putting their hands on me. And I ain't doing something to them. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and all of this stuff about, you know, taking licks and everything. I, I, man, it just seems like, it just seems like to me that being disrespected or getting shot down, beat up or whatever. And the only people that's expected to apologize and get over it and not be bitter is black people. <laughs> everybody else, everybody else automatic finna go to war. It's like, and it's expected, and it's, it's not only expected, it's respected. It's, well, you know. And, and hold, hold that thought. Let's take a break. All, all right. right. I got you. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. I thought I knew that was going to be a good one, boy. Okay, we're back with Bishop Ronald B. Hopes of <laughs> Inner Peace Cathedral. Cathedral Community Church. Yes, sir. Right here in Houston, Texas. Say, man, uh, before we went to break, you were about to say? I, I was, you, you, was, you was asking about, um, I guess, the brutality on black people and how, um, when I use the phrase that, God was not telling us to turn the other cheek. Right. And if somebody slap me, it's going to be on. Uh, here's one of the things that I've discovered that, um, and, and not to bring race onto your show, uh, but I know you're controversial, brother. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily want to try to be controversial, man. I just right. think that when you speak the truth, it's going to be controversial. It's, it's provocative. You know, it's going to be controversial. Right. And, and I always say this right here. Um, Afro-American black people are not feared by their color because of their color they're feared because of the power we possess what do i mean by that um i just left this movie uh hidden figures took my family to see it wife enjoyed it kids enjoyed it and 
something dawned on me that these are Afro-American women that we hadn't heard of. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. But they possessed power. Okay. And the movie, uh, I'm pretty sure the movie didn't do, uh, it was a good movie, but okay. I'm pretty sure it didn't give all of their, their life stories and everything that they had to go through. Right, because I, I would have wanted to see that Bond woman, her family, if I could have saw something, because they didn't really show her family. They showed the other two right. uh, ladies, but they didn't show the, the, the girl that was the director. Right, right, they didn't, right. Well, and her, she wanted to be a supervisor, so she right. would have been the supervisor. Right. But yeah, uh, I would have wanted to see more of her. Right. But, but here's the power that, that was displayed to me in, in the entire movie. Um, these women were not given anything. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. They didn't take anything. You get what I'm saying? What they did was they educated themselves mm-hmm. to whatever extreme they needed to to reach the plateau that they wanted to get at. Right, right. We don't do that. But we possess that kind of power, though. Well, I, I wouldn't say collective. I, 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 would, I wouldn't say we don't do that. I mean, that, that's a broad stroke. Yeah. That, I mean, you do it. Exactly. I do it. Exactly, exactly. Pharrell do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's You're right. Millions of black people watching this right now do it. But yeah. some of us don't. Right, you know? right. But, but if we put that kind of effort... Um, the same old thing that we're doing on the streets. If we put that kind of effort into elevating ourselves, mm-hmm. you get what I mean? Then truth be told, um, uh, like I'm always saying, we're not feared because of our color. We are really feared because of the power we possess. Mm-hmm. You know, we can overcome anything in any situation. You know? Yeah, I really do believe, man, you know, I really do believe that I don't really know. I just don't think that that any other like ethnic group could have survived what we survived. I think a lot of other people would have been gave up, mm-hmm. you know, especially like and we're still like here after all of this time and still going through it after exactly. all of this time. I, I really do believe I think a lot of uh, other groups would have been long given up yeah. and just would have just went on and disappeared. But. We don't die. <laughs> we multiply. multiply. <laughs> we multiply. So, so how, how do you feel about uh, Kim Burrell's chances of bouncing back and being accepted into the church? Well, she's already in the, in the church, but being accepted by the Christian community. Her setback is just a setup for her come up. Okay. You get what I mean? You know, this, this is the kind of thing that uh, that we deal with, we always bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I don't know her personally, uh, but seeing her uh, from a distance, mm-hmm. uh, knowing some of the uh, uh, people that she, that, that, that's in her immediate circle, mm-hmm. uh, I know for a fact, and knowing that she made that uh, statement and trust in God, she going to bounce back, man. You know, let me ask you this. Why is it, why is it that somebody don't have to bash, like, you don't have to bash homosexuals. All you got to do is say, I don't agree with the lifestyle, and they come on full blast <laughs> attack. Like, 
Homosexuals can tell you they don't agree with your lifestyle, mm-hmm. but nobody attacks them. Like homosexuals can judge and criticize anybody, mm-hmm. but if you say something about homosexuals, mm-hmm. then you know you, you the antichrist. You know, yeah. there's something wrong with you. You are you demonic. You you must be stopped. You you know, like why is it? <laughs> you know, why is it that? Why is it that? You know that that you can say something. Just, just, told, just say I disagree with the lifestyle. Not even saying I, I don't, I, I hate them. I don't want mm-hmm. nothing bad to happen to them. You know, God is love. We love everybody. We, you know, I love you. Love the person, hate the act. Mm-hmm. Love the person, right? Hate the act. Just like you would if you would love your own child. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that would hate their child just because their child made a mistake right. or their child did something wrong. Or even if that child was living wrong, right? If you knew right now your child was out on somewhere, uh, you know, out there, you know, you know, uh, jumping up and down on some pole or whatever, yeah. or, 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 or selling dope somewhere, right? Doing something illegal. I don't think you would hate your child. No, I think you would still love them, but you would hate the act. Exactly. Exactly. Why is it? Why is it like? Uh, like damn near sin to hate homosexuality. Like to say I don't like, I don't hate, I don't, I don't like, I hate the act mm-hmm. of homosexuality. Why is it such uh, a crucifying thing? Well, you know, we, we're living in a day and age now in this millennium where um, people are just—it's—it's it's just their time. You get what I'm saying mm-hmm. in in our uh, era. It's their time to rise up uh, homosexuality. So anything that you say against them, you don't have to point no fingers. You ain't got to call out no names. You can't even say uh, things at the workplace anymore about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Because why? You run a risk on losing your job. You, you know, somebody going to get offended. Uh, uh, it's that time. But I believe that that time has to die down, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say something about it, um, uh, we need to be firm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And don't conform to, but yet be firm on what we say. Okay. Yes, you will be attacked because why? Homosexuality is another demonic spirit from the enemy. And any time you stand up and speak against the enemy, then the enemy now declares war on us. But don't don't you think that a lot of A lot of homosexuals, a lot of homosexuals have like this, 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 this thing where they actually know what they're doing is not godly. They know what they're doing mm-hmm. is wrong, but they go on attack because it's them actually doing it. You know, I'm doing it. I'm living it. You said something. It, I'm offended because you said something about you know, something that I do, that I participate in. You know, you said, I'm a homosexual. You said something about homosexual, so I'm offended. You know, yeah, it's like, because a lot of homosexuals struggle with that. I know that they struggle with mm-hmm. being a homosexual. They struggle with that identity as much as, you know, they laugh and they joke and they, you know, many of them, you know, you know try to live an, an ordinary life just like anybody else. But I do know that, 
know, homosexual struggle with that lifestyle. And I know all of us have, everybody got a homosexual in their family, if not more than one. You yeah. know, everybody yeah. got homosexuals in their family. So, uh, and I, I got them in my family. I love my cousins that, 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 that are homosexuals. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I don't like, you know, I don't like to act right. at all. Right. You dig what I'm saying? Right. Now, and they know this. I mm-hmm. tell them this. You know what I'm saying? They know this. Right. So, so the thing is, is that, you know, I, I just don't understand why people, I just think a lot of people in America are cowards. Mm-hmm. I think that they, you know, they hide and they run. And I, and I also think that a lot of people don't speak out also because they think that, well, if I say something, you know, what if my son turns out to be homosexual? Mm-hmm. What if my daughter turns out that way? So mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be too critical. Yeah. Uh, because if I do, then I'm gonna look like a fool. So let me play the middle, mm-hmm. just in case. See that that's what happening. That's what's happening in the church. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the church, you see it going on, but you don't say nothing about it, in fear of the fact that maybe it might hit your house, mm-hmm. and if it hits your house then the very people that you uh, criticized and the very people that you denounced mm-hmm. uh, and that you did in front of a group of people, okay. then they're going to come back and throw it back up in your face. Right. It, so, so, so people are afraid of it. But, you know, like I tell anybody, the truth is the truth. The truth outweighs a lie any day of the week. So am I going to live the truth or am I going to live a lie? Mm-hmm. You with me? Even if it do fall in your house, just like you and I said, in, in our families, you know, we still going to love them. But yet and still, we still going to stand firm and tell them the truth. You know, that ain't right. Right. You know, that's wrong. But hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with you, but that ain't right. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah, it, it's no difference. <clears throat> what I want to say back in the early 90s, throughout the entire 90s, uh, crack was a big epidemic in our communities. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? We we all have that that what we call that crackhead in our family, mm-hmm. you know, that drug user. Uh, so we didn't give them money, but we still loved them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we told them that ain't right. right. So why we won't do that now with this homosex with this homosexuality on the rise? Right. We scared. We don't want to say nothing. Right. You know why? Because we're in fear of what other of what might happen in our house. Mm-hmm. And we don't want nobody to come back and tell us, yeah, you remember when you was talking about such and such? Look at your child now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's not right. If you're going to be, either you're going to be with God or you're not. Right. You know, in the church. Right. And, and that's the whole thing right there, the church, because the church should be leading the world. But it seems as if the church is following the world now. Yeah. Because no matter what goes on, the church is the last uh people to stand up and say something yeah no matter what goes on that was a time when pastors used to be the pillar of the community yes sir and they were well respected Mm -hmm. now of course you always had those pastors like the the pastor who played nat turner when he was young and he was selling out the community Mm -hmm. just basically pandering to the slave master to get the uh, slaves to act right and control the the, the, the right. slaves, and we always had those type. We had, we always had that element mm-hmm. in the community. We had, that was really the, the the element that we had to deal with for a long time. 
just those pastors that was just selling out the community for that for for you know to help out the oppressor. Okay, we, we got them today still, too. We still got them today. Yes. In fact, a whole lot of them are in the Donald Trump camp. It's a bunch mm. of them in that camp over there. So, you know, how do we, how do how do the pastors make that position an honorable position again? How do you get back? How do you get it back? How, in fact, how do you run out the heathens in the pulpit? How do mm. you run them out? Is it, is it possible? It's 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 uh, it's possible, but it's going to take a nation mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and and we we talking about it. You know, I get as real as as I can be. I'm transparent. Um, so let me go and put it out there. Uh, if your pastor has more than two children outside of his marriage in the church. You need to leave. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? If 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 your if you know your pastor has a drinking problem. What, what do you mean two? Why not one? Well, even one. Yeah, we can go with the one. Yeah. You know because nowadays uh, we are allowing we are allowing this man or this woman to do whatever they want to do and not hold them accountable. Every yeah. man has to be held accountable that stands in that pulpit on that platform. And deliver God's word. Accountable by the congregation that they're leading. Accountable to the peers that they run with. You get what I'm saying? But more importantly, accountable to themselves. Right. You know, before the, uh, before the eyes of Christ. You know, I, there's just certain things that we just shouldn't be doing. And that position, yeah. you know, we are, dis- we are degrading it. So how do you get around the fact that people say... Listen to the message. Don't listen to the man. He's just a man. Yeah. You know, he's just a man delivering the message. So, therefore, we should ignore what he's his lifestyle and, mm-hmm. and the things that he's doing. I'm not even talking about homosexuality. Whatever he's doing. Whatever he's doing that's considered to be outside the realm of God's word. Mm-hmm. We should totally ignore that and just... Listen to the message because boy, that boy know how to give a good message. Boy, he can deliver that message. <laughs> it wasn't, it there you good. go right there. There you go right there. See, Especially when of, he start talking about beans, greens, tomatoes, <laughs> ham. You name See, we are so uh, inspirationally driven now to where is that we are pushing information to the side. In other words, we want, we're allowing the pastor to become our spiritual reefer. Just get us high on Sundays. Make us feel good. Mm-hmm. You with me? So we'll say just what you said concerning uh, don't look at the messenger, but look at the message. Right. Okay, well, let's go ahead on and deal with that. Let's unpack it. Because God's word is God's word no matter who's preaching it or who's delivering it. True. So that same message can come from somebody else. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Okay. That same message. It can come from somebody else. So you're not looking at the message. You are really looking at the messenger. Because why? He makes you feel good. He done tapped into your emotions. You know, he got you feeling what the young folks say now, some kind of way on the inside. Mm-hmm. But he's only giving you inspiration. Inspiration wear off. But if you get information, information going to carry you. Wow. You get what I'm saying? Information going to keep you. 
your information gonna help you to make it from one day to the next. But that inspiration, boy, when the air let out that balloon, you was high Sunday. Come Tuesday, boy, look here, you back down in the dumps. Mm -hmm. But if you would have got the information, then they would have helped you to say, oh, you know what, I can make it to the next day. What do you think about Bishop Long? Eddie Long? Yeah. <laughs> Personal appearance, uh, I don't know the brother. You with me? But I stand on uh, what, what I heard Bishop Paul S. Martin said concerning Bishop Eddie Long. He says that um, you owe him an explanation concerning your situation. If you was, he said, I, I stood with you and I was with you all the way till I found out you did a settlement, disclosed settlement. And if you was right, then you wouldn't have had to settle. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Right. So Bishop Paul S. Martin stands up and say these words right here. I was with you then, but now you owe me an explanation. But that go back to, that go back to what you were saying about the, the, the church being a business now. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's being incorporated now. It's like, because corporations, businesses settle mm -hmm. all the time. Big businesses settle all the time. Right or wrong, they settle. Yeah. So what if he's settling, what if he settled just because it was a, a, a good business, uh, a good business move so that, so that the church wouldn't lose more money? <laughs> Once again, <laughs> it, it, that, that's, that's something that is far beyond my understanding. If you're going to be a man of God and stand on the word of God, then you have to be accountable mm -hmm. to doing what thus says the Lord. And I can guarantee you, God is not trying to get the church to waver. Or to get into cahoots with the world. Yeah. See, that's what I want. See, that, that's what would make me come to church. <laughs> like, if I could look at the people in church and I could see a clear difference mm -hmm. in the way they behave and the way the world behaves. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to see, I want to, I want to ascend. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to go somewhere where I can ascend. That's right. I don't, I don't want to go somewhere where, where I can you know, I, I can be like everybody else and I can do what everybody else doing and be like the drunk on the corner, the, the guy that's hanging out here or hanging out there doing this or doing that. I need I need to see a clear cut difference. Yeah. So I so I can say, you know what, man, man, I wanna be like them. I wanna I wanna do what they're doing, man. That mm -hmm. looks cool. That looks that mm -hmm. looks exciting. I, mean, I, I think if I did that, man, I could be a better person. I don't look at churches, I don't see any churches. I don't look at any churches and think that. Mm -hmm. Well, man, you got to come visit the inner peace, I man. Need to come you you got to come visit inner <laughs> peace, man. Uh, I, I say this um, uh, not because of the position that God has me in, because um, as a pastor of the church, I tell I, I taught a lesson a couple of years ago for I think a whole month or two months. Mm -hmm. Who you're working for? Okay, you with me? And that lesson entailed that you don't work for the pastor. Okay. You work for God. Right. You with me? Now, and in working for God, just like on any corporate job, mm -hmm. uh, you have standards. Because mm -hmm. some corporate jobs will fire you. Uh, matter of fact, they won't even hire you if you got bad credit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. They'll fire you for uh, doing some immoral acts. Right. You get what I mean? Right. So I said, These, this is what God would do. Uh, so since you don't work for the past, you have to be 
very mindful of who you work for. You work for God. So I'm saying that, say, I had a couple of ministers um, that was members of the church. And because I hold the ministers accountable, you with me? You know, you, you have to be held accountable. There are some standards here. Uh, and it don't have anything to do with your giving. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with your lifestyle. Okay. So if, you're, if you think you're going to come here and run through the women in the church, you might want to find another one. Huh. You get what I'm saying? If you think you're going to come here and because you are uh, a minister, not understanding what the word minister means. The word minister just simply means a servant. Okay. But because, you know, we, we've taken the word minister, you know, well, I'm a preacher. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to do this. No. Listen, if I can clean the commodes, you can too. Mm-hmm. You with me? So, so, you know, the lifestyle uh, of people has to change. Mm-hmm. And when we find people uh, in leadership position who is out of order with God, can I go and be real up in here today? Hold that thought. I, you know, I love you being real. I want you to be real. That's why I asked you to come on the show. More with Bishop Ronald B. Hopes when we come back. Okay, you were about to say when we went to break. Yeah, I was fit to say that um, many of us are out of order. Mm-hmm. And we should walk around, uh, especially in the church, we should walk around with that out-of-order sign on our chest. You know how you go to a public restroom and they have the sign on the door saying out-of-order, mm-hmm. but you never go in there. Even if you go in there, it's just disgusted. It's nasty. This is how our lifestyles are. Mm-hmm. So if we're out-of-order uh, and we're trying to lead people to Christ, then once they come in, they see that. There's no perfect church. You get what I'm saying? Right. You know, there's no perfect people. Uh, the church is a hospital, uh, but the problem is when you go to a hospital, uh, you'll see sick people. You with me? But every sick person, the doctor does one thing for them. He gives them or prescribes them a prescription. And with that prescription, he tells us, he simply say, make sure you take all of this medicine. So what makes me out of order when I only take some of the medicine to make me feel good? As soon as I start feeling better, I take the, <laughs> the rest of that prescription and put it in the, you know, in the medicine jar, in the medicine cabinet. Give it to I, somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. And then three, four weeks down the line, uh, I have a relapse. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm out of order. But the word of God keeps me in order. I, I question people's um, conversion based on their conviction. Mm-hmm. You know, don't tell me you saved if the word of God don't convict you. Because every now and again, that word of God will convict us. Mm-hmm. You know, and when it convicts us, I need to get myself back in order. You with me? Right. And quit walking around with that out of order sign on me. Because I'm here for uh, a mission. While on this journey, I'm here for a mission. And that is to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And how can I help them if I'm out of order? How can you use that restroom when it's out of order? Is one, group, uh, one sin greater than the other? No sin is greater than the other. Well, wh- what if, let's say I go in the store and steal a sneaker, <laughs> okay? And then uh, I go before the judge, and, and then uh, 
as I go to sit down, then another guy comes up and he has, he just killed somebody. Uh, you mean to tell me both of us supposed to get 10 years? Well, you know, our legal system uh, has put a mandate of minimize and maximize according to your crime. Mm -hmm. But according to the word of God, yeah, no sin is greater than the other. So what do God do? Like if I, if I sin, if I, if I kill somebody, you mean to tell me God is going to deliver me and show me favor? He's going, at least he's going to allow me to repent by the same measure that he would if I stole a sneaker from the store. Exactly. Exactly. Here, here it is now. You know, no good deed will ever go unrewarded. No bad deed will ever go unpunished. Okay. So now, it does not matter what the sin is. All I have to do is repent. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I am forgiven. You know, but repent, you know, just simply means I have to do a turnaround. You know, I have to really be sorrowful for what I've done. Uh, and we repent unto God. And, and he will uh, forgive us. So what's happening is that a lot of us ain't really, really sorry for what we're doing because we continue to do what we know is wrong. And we think is all that we got to do is say, God, forgive me. Mm -hmm. And it's done. But, but see, that's just it. Those are just words. And you and I, you know, we've played dominoes together. We play dominoes. You know, one of the sayings at a domino table is a pair of lips to say anything. Right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. Those are just sayings. Pe people just say those things, you know. Uh, and then they say it publicly, but they never said it spiritually to God. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? They say it publicly. Why? Because they want, they, they want to fool us. They, they want right. you to think that they're on the right track and... Two weeks later, they back doing the same thing that they was doing. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? And right. then they come, they hide behind this phrase right here. I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Why I keep doing this? You get what I'm saying? Right. But now if I've truly repented, then God takes it away from me. Mm -hmm. It's over in the book of Hebrews. He simply says that um, uh, when we ask God for forgiveness, and I'm paraphrasing it, when we ask God for forgiveness, he take the sin that, that we're asking him to forgive us for and put it in the sea of forgiveness mm -hmm. to whereas that he won't even bring it up. So what is he simply mm -hmm. saying is that I'm going to take it away from you. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, and when he take it away from us, you know, we're we, we going to fall down regardless. We're we going to continue to fall, but he keeps standing us up. It's no way I'm going to continue to make the same mistake, do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and still holler, um, uh, well, I asked God to forgive me. You ain't never asked, you telling me you asked God to forgive him. You ain't asked God to forgive you mm -hmm. because you, you're still doing it. Yeah. Can Christians and Muslims work together? They really can. They, yeah. they really can. Um, uh, when, they, when they get their self-righteousness out of the way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They really can because uh, uh, they both working for a common goal. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And that is uh, that, that they reach. Now, you know, of course, they, Christians and Muslims now have um, their very own savior. You get what I'm saying? You know, the Muslims say Allah is their savior. Uh, well, when the Muslims say Allah, they, they, they mean God. It's just a different word. Right. And, but I'm saying, and right. But we Christians use it. They say Jesus. Here's God is the creator 
of mankind. He is the creator of everything. But, I, but, but God, God, colder, colder than Jesus. Because <laughs> he's Jesus' right. daddy. You get what I'm saying? Okay. That, that's what it is because he's Jesus' daddy. But Jesus is our savior because he went to a hill called Calvary and died for us. But the Muslims don't believe that. So that fundamentally, how do you how do you work together when the Muslims don't believe that? The Muslims believe that Jesus was just another dude. You know, mm-hmm. he was just a disciple. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't nothing special. Me and you, he, he, I could be Jesus. Mm-hmm. You could be Jesus. Yeah, it, it, isn't it sad to say that whether it was a Muslim, um, one who follows Buddha, one who follows confusion, they all reference Jesus, but Jesus never referenced them. See, they all want to compare what Jesus did, but Jesus is never concerned about what they're doing because he has a mission. But Jesus ain't saying nothing. Well, <laughs> God words in that book, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, but no, so no, Jesus said a lot now. What Jesus said? Uh, well, for one, he simply Jesus said. Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, messing, I'm messing with y'all, man. <laughs> Let me show you something, man. Man, I really do appreciate you coming on the show, yes, man. Yes, sir. It's, yeah. been, it's been fun. It's been a blast, man. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while, man. So yeah. I'm glad you were finally able to get your schedule right and come through, man. Yeah, yeah. Me too, you. man. Man, how can the people get in touch with you? If people want, especially people from out of town, when they come to Houston, a lot of times people come to Houston, they want to go to church, they want to go to church, they got some real conversation going on. Mm-hmm. If, if they want to reach out to, to you or they want to reach out to and come out and visit Inner Peace uh, Cathedral Community Church. How do they get there? The address is 12770 Veterans Memorial, Houston, Texas, 77014. Service times on Sunday morning, we start at 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday school. Well, what time are you over, though? Oh, we're out of there by 1130. Churches, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're out of there by 1130. Is that right? Yeah, it, it don't take long to deliver God's word. Right. You with me? Do you pass uh, the collection plate more than uh, once? No, no, no. We only pass the collection plate once. Okay. As a matter of fact, we don't even pass the collection plate. We set them up front, and at your will, you come and you give. You get what I'm saying? Well, do, do y'all, do, do when, when they give, the mm-hmm. go around one time, do you look at the money, see a little light, and say, now, I know y'all can do better than that. No, no, no. We don't do that. We don't do that. Uh, here it is. I tell a lot of people that God is concerned about your soul, not your clothes or your pocketbook. Okay. You get what I mean? Uh, but you you gotta, already but, knew. But you yeah. got to keep the lights on. Don't well, you got to pay the rent. Watch it right. Giving is a part uh, of worship. Okay. You get what I'm saying? But the person already knew what they was going to give before they even got to church. Okay. So, so you already know that. So, why am I gonna beat you over the head or try to pull every dime? You already know. You purposed in your heart what you're gonna give when you get to church. If it's two dollars okay. or ten dollars, if it's twenty dollars or two hundred dollars, you've already purposed that. Right. You get what I mean? You know. So, you know, we don't go back and count the money and come back and say, "Well, we missing this and we missing that." You know. You know what? I'm, do it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I remember to speak on this because. You know, that's a big thing. You know, tithing is a big thing. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you how, this is how I feel about tithing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do believe that, I believe if you're in the business of saving souls mm-hmm. and you're doing, you, you're doing God's work for real, I think that you deserve to live a comfortable life. 
We're talking about saving souls. We ain't talking about running no football, dunking a basketball. We ain't even talking about, we ain't even talking about teaching. We ain't talking about even uh, being a doctor. Mm-hmm. To me, I really do believe that calling is greater than all callings. Yes, sir. To, to, say, to, to be in the business of saving souls. Mm-hmm. When you're doing it correctly, when you're doing God's work for real, not in there playing games. Right. You know, right. but in there for real. I really do believe that pastors should live a comfortable life. And I have no problem with that at all. Mm-hmm. But how big it of how big of a problem is it to get people who actually do come to church mm-hmm. to actually tie? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's why yeah. is why I know that's a big problem, especially in the small churches. It seems like the bigger churches they ain't got no problem getting money out of. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what? And try to explain that to me. Why is it that the small churches struggle so much, and the big churches they just they, they, they give them the car note payments and the house, the mortgage and everything. Yeah, well, you know, um, especially in the, in the smaller churches, uh, so many of them are popping up now, and people really want a relevant word from God. Okay. Uh, but some of those pastors are fleecing God's people instead of feeding them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay for the man and, and the woman of God to live here and the people down there you know, in other words they they'll constantly say uh you're we need your money we need you to do this for us do that for us you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh but as for me and i'm, I'm gonna speak about me is that all right mm-hmm. you know uh not only do i pastor the church god has blessed me i i also have a accredited seminary college okay even with that i have a secular job okay you get what I'm saying? Uh, so, so, so you have a smaller church now who struggles financially because people don't want to give because they don't want to see uh, the pastor who really deserve it. Mm-hmm. Some pastors really do deserve mm-hmm. it, like you're saying, uh, because this is their job. Their vocation, mm-hmm. you know, what God has called them to do okay. becomes their occupation. Okay. But the larger churches and some of the, you know, the well-off churches, you know, they have partnered up uh, getting the 501c3 and, you know, getting the money from the government. Mm-hmm. So when people see things happening at the church, then they're more apt to give because they want to say, look at what we did. You get what I mean? But you what's know? happening at the church? Because uh, I see a lot of churches on every corner, and mm-hmm. I still see people out here selling dope, and, 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 and I still see prostitution, and I still see people out here uh, dropping out of school and teenage pregnancy high and potholes in the streets what, right, right, right on, the, on, on, on the same street the church on. Like, where is this money going to? Well, you know, I'm talking about the smaller church. Now, smaller church is suffering. You know, they're right. struggling financially, right. so they're barely keeping the doors open, right. keeping the lights on. So they really can't, you know, the only thing that they have is themselves to offer. Okay. You know, so, so they're there to help uh, uh, that pregnant teen. They're there to help that young person who is considering dropping out of school. You know what I mean? Whereas that the larger churches have these programs where the people can go to because they have this government. Man, something ain't working, though, with the larger churches, though. Because yeah. most, most of the flock mm-hmm. is in the larger churches. Right. Something ain't working well, at the larger churches. Yeah, and, and that's right, because why? They have now grouped themselves off, uh, to me, uh, like a cult. 
So if you come in, if you don't have on the right attire, they looking at you crazy. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? If you come in and uh, they have a $100 line over here and a $50 line over there and a $29 line over there and you got your 25 cents in your hand, you know, they looking at you crazy. Mm-hmm. If you come into the church and, 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 and you just need prayer and you want the pastor to pray for you in these larger churches, you have to go through his uh, entourage. You have to go through his armor bearers. You yeah, have to go man. through some of these larger churches. People have never even met their pastor. Don't even know him. You, if, if you see him in the store, exactly. Like, exactly. That's one, crazy. One of the things that my wife and I uh, do and has been doing. Denise. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Denise. Yeah, that's my sweetie. Y'all know I, I'm married. Uh, that's my, my, my baby mama with no drama. You yeah, know right, what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. She all that for, to me while she's right yeah. here. We stand at the door when service is over so that we can have the opportunity to shake everybody's hand and hug everybody who want to be hugged, who want their hand shaken. Now, okay. some people just go on out, you know, and, I, and I'm cool with that. Right. You get what I'm saying? Uh, but for everybody who wants their hand shaken, who wants a hug, we're standing at the door uh, as they exiting out. You well, get what I'm saying? Could you, really, could you realistically do that if you had... 16,000 members in the church like Joel Osteen do every Sunday. Man, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, this is the one thing that I'm, I'm getting tired of seeing uh, all over the news. Uh, your church ain't that large for you not to be able to shake people's hand or uh, touch them. You get what I'm saying? Because Moses, which was the first pastor in the Bible, mm-hmm. he led 1.5 million. Now, you might have 25,000. You ain't even touching the surface. And he was touching everybody. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me, and you know, it's very few churches have 25,000 members. Okay. But even if you got four, 5,000, uh, two, 300, you cannot tell me that you cannot shake somebody's hand. I'm just thinking all that money, man. I wouldn't have no problem <laughs> shaking hands out. How long is it going to take me to shake all these hands? Oh, it's gonna, okay, so we're going to start oh, on man. Sunday and end on Friday? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but see, that's just it. It's not about uh, uh, the money with me, you know. But it's about the personal connection, yeah. you know, with people. Uh, I yeah. give I give the members, the members of Inner Peace will tell you, uh, they have my personal cell phone number, mm-hmm. so they call me at will, and you know my wife understand my calling, so they call me at will. Of course, they are very respectful. They don't call me all in the wee hours of the night uh, and they don't call unless me unless something going down for real yeah unless it's really going yeah, down yeah, you get yeah. what I'm saying and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I know I can attest to the fact that if they do mm-hmm. you go into the house and you right. gonna ring the doorbell knock on the door and make sure they're alright that's right I personally witnessed this man and I'm gonna tell you man that's the cool thing about you that's something that I do know about you I do know that you take them funds and you do give back. You do have programs as much as, you know, uh, you know, as much as that, you know, the church do have to, you know, do have these issues, you know, with, with money from time to time. Everything that comes in goes out for a mm-hmm. good purpose. So I really, really appreciate you for being out mm-hmm. there like that. Amen. You're on the front line of struggle, man. Yes, sir. And did I tell you I don't even receive a salary at the church? Did I tell you that? No, you didn't tell me that. I'm in the soul saving ministry. Yeah. 
You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but again, man, ain't nothing wrong with receiving no, it's you know, not. You know, and, a, and a it's, salary. You know, right. like when you're in that business and you're doing, you're yeah. doing good work. Right. You know? Hey, man, if, again, if y'all want to check out Bishop Hopes, you want to go in and hear some good, good preaching, some good teaching, some good mm-hmm. learning. <laughs> go on, on over there off of Memorial Drive, man. Uh, Veterans, Veterans Memorial. Memorial. Veterans right. Memorial Drive. It's right. Veterans Memorial, right? Veterans Memorial, okay. right. And what's the address again? 12770, and Veterans Memorial, Houston, Texas, 77014. That's Inner Peace Cathedral Community Church. And what's the phone number? The phone number is 832-646-4316. And what are you on Facebook? Uh, we are, yeah, you can go on Facebook, look us up, uh, Inner Peace Cathedral Community Church. Right, and they want to follow you on Facebook? Uh uh, yeah, they follow me through the church. Through the church? Uh-huh. Okay. Through All the right. church uh, right. Facebook page, website. Okay. You know, e- even the school, everything is, is linked all together. Right, right, right. Yeah. Let me see. I'm going to make sure I covered everything. <laughs> I think that's it, man. If I have any more questions, I'll get you back on the show, huh? That's it. Anytime. You know that. That's what's up, man. Thanks again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, y'all, it's been a pleasure. It's been a thrill to let you know how I feel. Some may grit and pitch a fit, but the watch on my wrist say that's all you're going to get. Until next time, y'all be good. If you can't be good, be great. No more talk.